This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, our music director, Alain Trudel, principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny. So we have a full house today, everybody. And uh, I want to begin the program by talking about a uh, concert that is happening this weekend. It's Saturday, January 26th. Gotten a lot of press, a lot of buzz. It is the Toledo Symphony with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. And I'm going to turn it over to somebody else here who wants to talk about it. But first of all, what is it? Do you do, know what Do you it not is? know who they are? I know who they are. Well, you, but you, did, you did some Wikipedia research, I'm, didn't you? I did yeah, indeed. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> taking the place, I'm taking the place of all the folks listening who, who maybe have heard Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, mm-hmm. but they don't really know exactly what it is, and they may be on the fence as to whether they're going to come to the concert or not. So, so Big Bad Voodoo Daddy was the band that basically started the 1990s revival in swing music, and a lot of their songs were featured on a, a movie called Swingers, uh, that starred uh, Vince Vaughn Vince in Vaughn, one of his yeah. first yeah, uh, right. Hollywood outings, and um, there, it, it was it was so much fun. It was fun to listen to. You couldn't keep your feet still. And then many other bands came out, large and small. Uh, but they were the first, and they've never gone away. I think that 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 big band renaissance has probably faded a bit. But um, you know, they've continued to make outstanding albums. Uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to have them come here. And now they're on tour, and they're teaming up with various ensembles, the symphonies. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's always exciting to hear a big band done sort of in that big symphonic style. But I, I, I want to caution against the idea that this is a Toledo Symphony performing with the Glenn Miller Orchestra. No offense to the Glenn Miller Orchestra, certainly, but this has a different brand of energy and rhythm. It's a it's a very high energy program. Yeah. Anybody else want to talk about it? Do you, you have any familiarity with the uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy? Well, a lot of people might not have known that they've also performed on Dancing with the Stars oh, yeah. and for many uh, U.S. presidents, too. So, uh, yes, they brought back swing music in the 1990s, but um, there's some staying power there. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they were on the Tonight very, Show, too. Yes, yeah. yes. They I even think. did a Super Bowl halftime show. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, fun night. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get things rolling here. I prepared a big, bad, big band quiz to sort of, you know, get the ball rolling. Later in the program, we're going to do our little Ask a Len feature where we ask people to uh, give us different questions for our music director who is here with us, and he's going to talk about those as well. We also have some questions from some of the kids, too, including your daughter, Felicia, which, which will be fun. A little music get us started here. This is actually a big, bad, voodoo daddy tribute band, believe it or not. (laughs) Don't have the real thing, but pretty close. They must have a great name. What is the name of a big, bad, voodoo daddy tribute band? Well, you just said it. The big, bad... Oh, that's it? (laughs) (laughs) I'd imagine they have something like the... Something like that. The name of this track, though, is uh, Southbound Train. Okay? All right, here are the questions. Number one. Who was known as the king of the clarinet? Was it A, Artie Shaw? Was it B, Benny Goodman? Or was it C, Woody Herman? Oh, Felicia. Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman. Ding. As a woodwind player, you know, I feel like I had to. (laughs) (laughs) Control your own soundboard over there. Okay. All right. It was correct. Say, Say Benny Goodman again. Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman. 
No, that's wrong, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's Artie Shaw. It wasn't Benny Goodman. It's Artie Shaw. Oh, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you let Alicia jump out there and, and totally fall off that tree branch. When... <laughs> did you just okay. call, did you her just call Alicia? her Alicia? Did I say Alicia? You did. Oh, let's go back. Say Benny Goodman again. <laughs> hey, this is the third time. Nope, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Number two. Now, we're talking again about Artie Shaw, Benny Goodman, and Woody Herman. Which of the above band leaders group was the first to play at Carnegie Hall? Which of those three, their band, was the first to play at Carnegie Hall? This is a famous concert that took place in 1938. Zach, what do you say? That'd be Benny Goodman. Yay! It's That's an right. awesome concert, and they do something really funny called the History of Jazz. So since this is only the late 30s, it's very interesting <laughs> to figure out what they considered the history of jazz to be. Wow. Yeah. Totally sold out Carnegie Hall. The, the ticket price was $2.75 a seat. That's right. Which nowadays is upwards of 50 bucks. So still cheap by even today's standards. And, and many didn't know if they could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did it, though. And, and there's a recording of it, I believe. A very good one. You can go listen yeah. to, yeah. So which of the above, that means Artie Shaw, Benny Goodman, or Woody Herman, again, commissioned a famous composer to write a clarinet concerto? Who would that be? I know you know this, Elaine. <laughs> that would be Benny Goodman. Yeah. Benny Goodman. And the concerto would be Aaron Copeland. Aaron Copeland's concerto, which he premiered on NBC Radio with the NBC Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Fritz Reiner. That happened in 1950. Okay, here's another one. Uh, this is a Benny Goodman question. Benny Goodman's theme song and his radio series in the 1930s was called Let's Dance. And you have to tell me who sponsored that uh, song and sponsored that radio series. Was it Nabisco? Was it Keebler or was it Hostess? Nabisco. Yay! Good, Good job. job. <laughs> we it takes a marketing director to understand the branding implications of sponsorship. Well done. <laughs> now, who can tell me what Nabisco actually stands for? It's a shortened version of three different words. Nabisco. Not not as bad as Crisco? <laughs> <laughs> no? Oh, we should send that their way and see if they can make use of it. Um, no, Nabisco, National Biscuit. Biscuit. Company, That's right. The oh. National Biscuit Company. And they originally uh, started to advertise on this radio show because they were promoting a new product at the time called Ritz Crackers. Oh. So that was uh, ah. all tied up with Benny Goodman and his radio show. So was putting on the Ritz just a commercial? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until, uh, you know, until uh, Mel Brooks got a hold of it. Ah. Now here's a Frank Sinatra question. Frank Sinatra famously said that he learned everything that he knew about breath control from, was it Billie Holiday, was it Tommy Dorsey, or was it Dizzy Gillespie? Go ahead, Zach. The great trombonist. Which one? (laughs) Tommy Dorsey. That's right, Tommy Dorsey. No, he said he learned everything he needed to know about breathing from a trombone. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say, Alain Trudel. (laughs) (laughs) He is the Tommy Dorsey of the violin. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I mean, you, you got to be a good breather to, to play the trombone, right? Uh, Tommy Dorsey was the best. Yeah? Oh, yeah, fantastic. Legend among trombone players. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, but did he have a mouthpiece named after him? <laughs> oh, he had the whole thing. Trombone named after <laughs> him. Yeah. That's right. They don't even call it a trombone anymore. You're just <laughs> playing the Dorsey. The Dorsey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now everybody knows, knows everything they need to know for the Big Bad Voodoo Daddy concert. That's happening this Saturday, January 26th, 8 o'clock p.m. This is at the Stranahan Theater, by the way. Not the Peristyles, at the Stranahan. 
419-246-8000 or ToledoSymphony.com. Okay, so now it's time for us to move on to the second uh, part of our podcast today, and that is Ask Alain. We've done this sort of thing in the past, but we collected some more questions for you this time, Alain, and what we're going to do is play the, the wheel of questions, right? Okay. Uh, we'll spin the roulette wheel, we'll see what comes up, and we'll ask you a question. That'll be our point of uh, departure, okay? Okay. Here's the first one. Let me turn up that spinning wheel a little <laughs> bit. The golden spinning wheel. Yeah. Okay, question number one. Is there a great composer who, for whatever reason, just doesn't speak to you? Someone who uh, other musicians might be surprised that you don't really love. Alain. <laughs> Uh, I've been asked that question many times, actually. Really? Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. What, what do you yeah. say? Just, just yesterday, actually, with Merwin, <laughs> we're, oh, we're, we're, we're oh. talking about Yay! that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, my answer is a little different than uh, what I answered to you yesterday. I said Nielsen. And uh, I, I actually found a composer that, because, uh, you know, it has to be a composer that people know a little bit. Yeah. So, Vaughn Williams, I would say. Uh, Vaughn Williams, Williams yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of a close uh, one and two there for me. So, so we can't, we're not holding out hope for the Lark Ascending or something like that on I, the I, Yeah, actually, the Lark Ascending is not, for me, is okay, but, the, the, you know, the, the symphonies, and I have some colleagues who are like, yeah. Mike, they're in love with that stuff. And I, maybe, you know, we talk in a few years, and I'll be, <laughs> no, no, I mean, my general attitude towards this is that uh, it's not them, it's me if there's a problem, because <laughs> they're geniuses, they wrote those those great pieces, but I don't know, it just doesn't speak yeah. to you me right now. You green sleeves, you did green sleeves at your uh, Christmas at the Peristyle. That's yeah, not really Vaughn Williams, though, that's yeah. sort of like a... Vaughn Von Williams has that real kind of pastoral Christmassy feel yeah. to mm -hmm. him. So that may be the mm -hmm. time of year that you'll make an exception. I, I also like the fact that Greensleeve is probably written by Henry VIII. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a nice uh, <laughs> tune. <laughs> Moving on. Wow, you gave that a really long spin that yeah, time. That's yeah, that's a long one. I gave it a good whirl. You're at a jazz bar in heaven, and you can jam with any musicians you want, living or dead. So who's on stage with you? Well, first of all, I'm happy. First of all, it's a weird, I mean, I'm sorry, but you're obviously dead for this question. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how, but, does, yeah. how does he play with anyone who's living then? Does that yeah. mean that he has to kill them too? I, I guess so. <laughs> all yeah. things are possible. So many, it's such a, so many things in that question right there. <laughs> yeah, but the good news is I went to heaven. <laughs> 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 and I'm a professional musician. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what was that? <laughs> Mozart's obviously in heaven. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Mozart's there with you. Yeah. Um Let me think. Well, you we need have me to, to read the question again. No, 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 it's okay. We have to put a band together. So we need yeah. a pianist. I'd say. Um, mm, maybe it's funny first name comes to mind would be Thelonious Monk or Billy Strayhorn I mean they're totally different but I just I would just love to sit down with Billy Strayhorn and hear what you know he comes yeah. up with and Thelonious Monk is a language I, I identify with maybe a drummer for sure Alvin Jones the famous drummer played with Coltrane I wouldn't ask to play with Coltrane although he's my idol it's just I would totally choke <laughs> I wouldn't be I would like be like wow so I maybe Wayne Shorter on saxophone, great yeah. uh, 
Um, Wynton Marcellus was not dead, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> maybe he could just uh, do a little, yeah. you know, zip through and then Out get back. Out-of-body experience, yeah. Well, yeah, sometimes, well, sometimes you, you wonder if he's just a real person with everything he does, and uh, the, he plays like a, a, a god, you know. So yeah. uh, Joe Pass, that would be somebody, a guitar player, Joe Pass, a big uh, somebody I really like. Uh, and, we we uh, should have put like a number mm. limit on this. Like you can only you can only have five. Why? Right? It's a big band. Hey. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're rapidly approaching big band. Status. Sorry, guys, but I have all the time in the world. I'm yeah. not down. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. So those would be some of those. Uh, no, Tommy Dorsey. Huh? Uh, <laughs> no competition. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, number three. Yeah. Let's spin that wheel. <clears throat> Okay, this is an audio daily double. <laughs> this comes from Felicia's daughter, Mira, who has a question. Can I buy you. a vowel? Let's see. Let's see what this is. Here we go. Do you need big licks to play trombone? <laughs> so we, we have lots of trombones at home. Let me just give show us your, show us your lips. Show us your lips, Elaine. Give us a nice trombone amateur. Yeah, no, they're pretty substantial. I mean, you know, I mean that in a good way. Um, I I don't know actually. I mean. Uh, for me, it seems to work. Uh, I have some colleagues that have a little bit, you know, less. But you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm not quite as well yeah. endowed well, in the, the lip the, area. Well, the thing that you do need lips. That that that's for sure. <laughs> I feel like this Imagine is a musical be, insult waiting to yeah, be created. Be hard to play without lips. That's true. <laughs> Okay. Well, this is actually a question that I got from uh, one of our social media posts. Uh, I had a conversation with a gentleman who, frankly, thinks that we've you know gotten a little off course, that we don't talk so much about the behind-the-scenes aspect of what's mm-hmm. going on. And, you know, fair enough. So we're going to be really serious for this particular question. Here, let me bring up some serious music for it. Okay. Now... Here's the question that I got out of his comments. What goes on before a performance as musicians are coming in? Are there any last-minute instructions, say, that you give them when they come oh, in? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. The, you know, before the performance, everybody's in their bubble getting ready to play the best performance that they can. And uh, I think the worst thing you can do is to get in their bubble and to yep. go and get started, you know, like giving, uh, micromanaging the coaching at the last minute, uh, it's not a good idea. I just leave them alone. But, but you know, you play as you practice. So if you've practiced well, then you can leave, you know, people come on stage and they do what they have to do. For me, the most important part, because it's not about, you know, the, the, the performance really, for me, it's really the first rehearsal. Hmm. I'm nervous before and I'm like, uh, yeah. and, well, especially if it's people you haven't seen for a while or you don't know. Or just, it's, you know, going on a first date sometimes or seeing somebody you haven't seen for a long time. And by the time we get to the concert, we've seen each other all week. So we have a, an idea of how we're going to do this together. And there's not much to be to be said. You just go out there and you do it. So you've done your work ahead of time. Yeah. But paint a picture of the of backstage. I mean, are the all the musicians together in a big room or how does that how do they get ready for the concert? Now I'm picturing like a locker room. Yeah, well, locker well, room. I, I, and I, I come in and I say every inch it's a game of inches. <laughs> <laughs> and any given but Sunday. But you don't do you know? like a pep talk before the <laughs> no, show. No, no you don't. <laughs> no, I no actually, you know, 
to make sure that that people are you know well like, like for example if i have to go and play i like to have just a bit of time to make sure you know my my lips whatever size they might be <laughs> are aren't are pretty actually you know what actually that's funny because i just thought of, in the winter it's different right than the summer physically yeah. right so you have to prep you have to prep a little bit differently or, or if you like get accidentally hit in the mouth or yeah. something like that yeah, sure. right yeah and uh, what happened to me once in a Schubert night, I, the slide went out and come back, came back, oh. but not in the instrument. Yeah, bloody sides. But anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I, I think you know, like the oboe players, they like to make sure their reeds are already on stage, everything oh, yes. is ready to go. No, it's normal, and you know, I think the strings is a little different. Well, I think it's funny because every string player has a different warm up routine, and I almost feel like, like. I realized that, you know, I always use the same few kind of few licks to warm up. And I think it's almost like bird calls. It's like, oh, wait, that's a Merwin warming up. <laughs> you know, you can you can totally tell. The I mean, Merwin effect. Yeah. Yeah. This is um, interesting because as, you, as you're walking into the theater, you usually hear a lot of cacophony of different people playing mm-hmm. their own things. Mm-hmm. I always presume they're playing something from that night's program that they just want to go through one more time. But you're saying that they, they have a routine. I think everybody's different and i think there are some people who really want to focus on a particular element Mm -hmm. that you know and then there's some people who kind of want to do the same thing before every concert i want to do these particular scales this particular way and feel this particular way and some people are kind of i know that measure 345 of this piece needs needs my attention and that's what i'm going to do there is an unwritten rule that uh, when you uh, when you're on stage waiting to play that you play what's in what you're going to play that night or you warm up you don't start playing excerpts you don't start playing other people's music and the, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a it's not a rule anywhere but if, when we have people who start doing that you know they're either totally inexperienced or you're not going to see them very for very long <laughs> oh good to is know that, is that different um the prep before a concert for let's say a youth orchestra? I, would you treat oh, that differently? Of course. Would you oh, no, give I, them a pep talk? Uh, yeah, youth orchestra, they get together and they have a little pep talk and it's okay. And then, Hands uh, in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, break. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, everybody has their, their their own little thing. But, you know, once you get to a professional level, uh, everybody wants to make sure that they're in the optimum, optimum form. And, and also when you're, you're a professional, you're an adult, you have a, a life that's different than if you're a kid, right? You probably spend the day doing other things than thinking about your concert you're yeah. with the family you're running mm-hmm. left and right and you finally have 15 minutes to just you know get get yourself together and just play right well i want to get some more uh questions from the kids i i know zach you talked to your daughter gracie and she mm-hmm. had a couple of questions and mm-hmm. uh, you want to pull one of those out for us now we can yeah ask. so we were at a concert we were at the uh, family concert uh, a week or so ago it was to style and uh, she asked me why mr alain's uh, stick is white. Mm. Ah, interesting. Actually, good question. Well, the and and the reason that that conductors have stick, I, and the reason why there are conductors is mostly opera, because before, uh, if if you go back in the Baroque time or classical period of time, you didn't have conductors all that often, uh, because the music was quite. I wouldn't say simple, but simple to put together. 
And then the music got a little bit more complicated. And also you had people on stage, people in the orchestra pit, some people off stage. And then you know, we thought we have to put all of this together. Somebody has to stand there and give us yeah. a cue. And of course, it's dark mm-hmm. uh, and when you're in the pit. So white stick is, uh, is a bit more practical. You should put Christmas lights on it. For your- <laughs> yes, like a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, lightsaber. Trust nice. the force. I-, yeah. <laughs> um, I know that some conductors will wear a black shirt. So that the baton is more visible. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you have a white shirt and you're conducting with a white baton, you might not be able to see it as well. True. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I have a general thought on on clothing, which is uh, <laughs> kind of particular. Yes. <laughs> what? It's just it, no, no. But is it, it optional? Oh yeah, yeah. So no, no, no. But it's very serious. And your listener will like that, the yes, one who wants us to be serious. Yeah. So um, um, in the 19th century, when people would go out to an event, would go out to a club or would go out to, uh, uh, I mean, cigar club, and the days not go clubbing. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> they, they, the, what they would wear would be uh, tails and full dress. That yep. was the man men's wear was that. So the orchestra wore, wore that not to be underdressed on stage. Now with the, the uh, hundred fifty years later, we're still wearing that stuff from the past century. Uh, and now we're super overdressed, and that helps create not create a, yeah, a, a certain barrier. barrier with that. So I have a big wish that hopefully in the future we can start being dressed a little differently. Something that like will have overalls. some unity. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, 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 no. But so, so, some show of unity because we're a group, mm-hmm. but not necessarily something that uh, the, the people can't identify with anymore. Yeah. Which is, uh, we're two centuries after that. But you want some sort of uniformity, right? I yeah, mean, You absolutely. want them all wearing the same yeah, yeah. color or what have you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, we'll work on that. But uh, Yeah, interesting. A- <laughs> uh, so Merwin, um, I've heard some musicians tell me that putting on uh, tails and uh, you know a tie and a waistcoat, this is like their uniform that makes them feel invincible to play something really challenging. Do you have a comment about that? Um, how is it for you? I like tails. Um, I, I like, I feel they're more comfortable than a tuxedo jacket. I Mm -hmm. definitely, I also feel they're more comfortable than a long tie. For me, I just, I, I, for some reason I find that kind of, um, restrictive. I actually, there's, there's something comfortable about tails for me. I like the way they sit on a chair. (laughs) Um, but I think that. You like the flair when you just. Maybe it's the chair. (laughs) (laughs) It could be the chair, but I think that, um, there, there is. There is a little, a little bit something like, like if you're uh, uh, an athlete and you're putting on the uniform, mm-hmm. it does, you know, it, it feels like an, a uniform with legacy, and you know, mm. like I'm not sure. A uh, sense of history yeah. to it as like, well. Yeah. For our pops concerts, um, our musicians don't always dress mm. that <laughs> at all. Normally, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for our yeah. neighborhood concerts, yeah. and when we play outdoors too, yeah. they're they're uh, different outfits. Merwin, did you have a question you want to relate from uh, from Kai, from your son? Kai was very impressed by your Halloween concert, mm. and he wanted to know if you were nervous when you were lying between two beds of nails. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, you, you have to set this up for us, because I didn't see it. Now, what ha- <laughs> You were lying on a bed of nails? Oh, you can go on Facebook and catch it. <laughs> it's, a, it's there uh, forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Can you do that for every concert? I, I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, but well, our our uh, contract negotiation is coming okay. up, so we can. <laughs> Good to know. We would, we that might that be down. a yeah, yeah, exactly. Point uh, six, uh, little b. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> little b. <laughs> so. Um, Uh, what we what we did for the Halloween concert that we partner up with Imagination Station. I'm oh. looking at a picture of it right now. Let me just let me just describe this. So okay. Folks can find this on, on Facebook. Maybe we'll link to it from our uh, podcast episode. You are lying on your back. You've got like what looks like a bed of nails on, on top of you. Is there one underneath you too, or just both? Yeah, they're like four both. inches. Okay. And there's a gentleman <laughs> on top of you from Imagination Station with a big uh, car, uh, cinder block. Sitting on top of it, yeah. and it looks like he's pushing down on it. No, it's a sledgehammer. Oh, he, sl- he uses a sledgehammer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, Kai would like to point out that those are your, the, his stuffed animals that your head was lying on. Oh, yes. oh. So. Thank, well, they, they, <laughs> you goodness. can tell, Kai, it, it gave me courage to go through it. Because <laughs> what, what happened is that we had to change at the last minute what the, the act would be for them. And I wasn't supposed to be part of it. So, and, and we never had time to practice because it was 10 minutes before. And he said, I have this great idea <laughs> that can replace what we have because we don't have the fire marshal. So you were going to put those you know, four-inch nails. You're going to lie on them, and we're going to put another one on you. We're going to put this big cement block, and I'm just going to take this sledgehammer, and it won't hurt a bit. And I'm like, uh, okay. And there's between you'll be dead, <laughs> and you'll be in heaven you with your starts. jazz band. <laughs> That's exactly. Oh, <laughs> jazz Center, here I come. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, no, so finally we did it, and uh, and that, it was in the middle of the concert. So then I went back and conducted some more. Yeah. Oh, good, <laughs> no. good. I'm glad. Getting back to Kai's question, though, were you were you scared when that happened? No, because they, he, he told me it would be fine. So I just, but I'm that oh, kind of person. Oh, you just trusted him. I'm face value. I just say, yeah. okay, whatever. I'll be fine. You well, know? in this case, luckily, he was right <laughs> <laughs> that you were okay. True. I mean, I, I wonder though. You were in your tails. Did that? Did that affect? Did it like poke little holes in your oh, tails? No, oh no, no, no! It gave me like a, a saro. I don't know what it, what it is. The, the, a nice the white, massage. Uh, no, 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 no. The the the, the white coat that, yeah. that that you put as a scientist. Except it was it was tie dyed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he oh, put you in a laboratory. Coat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, okay. we did the whole thing. I had like gla- uh, special glasses, so in case wow. some of the concrete would go in my eyes, you know, <laughs> or parts of your body. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> I just remember Glory. watching this, and and I had no idea this is going to happen either. And Neither I just started any of us. laughing. I it, it, the the principle of it made me laugh out loud, and then. When I saw you actually lay down on a bed of nails, and they put another bed of nails mm-hmm. on top of you, making you basically a nail sandwich. You like, you're like <laughs> and, out, check your insurance policy <laughs> right there. There was a part of me that felt so out of control, like I couldn't stop this bad thing from maybe happening, but I also yeah. was like ghoulishly interested in the outcome. <laughs> and it was going, who was the runner-up for his job again? <laughs> <laughs> Strangely transfixed <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> well, we're going to have to wrap it up here. And uh, unless anybody else has any other questions they want to ask Alain, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. You don't have to do this, Alain, but I think it would be fun. Uh, you know, in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about the upcoming season, stuff that's going to be happening. I know that uh, you've got the brochure at the printer. It's going to be out fairly soon. Do you want to give us just one little tidbit from next season that we can look forward to one little spoiler that we can mm. we can hear from you ay, 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 ay. don't give away too much no <laughs> <laughs> um, you know there's an American baritone singer 
that people here don't know yet, but he made the finals twice at the Montreal uh, International Voice Competition. And he sings a lot, and his name is Sydney Outlaw. And he will be joining us. He's yeah. I I, th- I just want to give a little bit. I don't want to give out like the big big names and the big yeah. things. But Sydney will be somebody that people will absolutely love. He's gonna come and sing Mahler, of course, because Mahler. I love Mahler. Mahler. <laughs> yes, it just so <laughs> happens. Sid <Yeah>. Mahler. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and and in, in that program there'll be some Brahms also, and uh, yeah, yeah. Just, I, I love right. that one. Yeah, I love that yeah. program. Well, we'll find out. All shall be revealed at a future time. Absolutely. Yeah. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org slash lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including both Apple and Google Podcasts. And remember, you can check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website. That's ToledoSymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget Big Bad Voodoo Daddy happening this Saturday at the Stranahan Theater, 8 o'clock p.m., 419-246-8000 or ToledoSymphony.com. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Merwin Sue, and Felicia Canny, as well as our intrepid music <laughs> director, Alain Trudel. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.